I'm your host, Kara Stein Conaway, and this is the Business Mamas Podcast. The Business Mamas Podcast is made for women who know they should be doing more self care and practicing more self love, but are overrun with balancing it all. This podcast provides the tools and support you need so you can have a successful career while also being a present and loving mom. I'm your host, Kara Stein Conaway. Thanks so much for tuning in. I've been talking about beliefs, relationships, and making heart-guided decisions and how by focusing on this framework, it's led me to live much more present in my daily life. And today I want to talk with you more about relationships. And when you think about relationships, most of the time we think about relationships with other people, like relationships with your children or your spouse or your close friends, your family members. The relationship that we oftentimes don't think about that much is the relationship that we have with ourselves. And it turns out that the relationship we have with ourself impacts all of our other relationships that we have with other people. And so today, what I'd like to focus on is talking to you about my relationship that I have with myself and the relationship that you have with yourself. In my opinion, your most important relationship is always with yourself. If you aren't filling up your cup with overflowing kindness, you won't have love and kindness to share with others. Showing up with love and kindness is critical for me to be who I want to be in my relationships. So first, I must show up with love and kindness for myself. I get to choose to be my own inner coach rather than my own inner critic. Some days it's challenging to choose this, but it's always the right choice. And with practice, it gets a lot easier. If you haven't already listened to my podcast episode, my breakdown that led to my breakthrough, that is episode two. In that episode, I talk about how by December of 2017, which was nearly one year into starting my own law firm, I had just run myself so far into the ground that my cup was empty. I was physically on the floor of my office, unable to get up off of the floor for hours. And it was a wake-up call for me. It was a wake-up call that my relationship with myself matters. Taking care of me matters. And showing up with love and kindness for others, that matters to me. And I know that I can't do it if I'm totally depleted. And so in that episode, 
my breakdown that led to my breakthrough, I take you through the morning routine that I created for myself. I also talk about how I developed better boundaries with my work so that I stopped working on Sundays. But that daily practice of a morning routine, that time that I take for myself every morning to pour into myself, to nurture myself, to start my day off with a cup that is already full is an incredibly important practice that I have put in place to not only have that feeling of taking care of myself, which is really important, but it's also an opportunity for me to continue to get to know myself. Just as we have relationships with other people and we connect with them and we want to get to know them better, to learn what's really on their hearts, what's really important to them. We actually need to give ourselves that space with ourselves to learn what it is that's important to us, what it is that our heart really wants, what it is that is working or isn't working for us in our lives. And by setting aside that time to be with ourselves, we create space to be able to hear that wisdom, that inner knowing that each of us has within us, but that oftentimes can't be heard with so much noise going on around us and can't be heard when we're running around from task to task and we're not giving our heart the space that it needs to speak freely to us. Another episode on my podcast that is related to my relationship with myself is Carve Out Time for Joy. This is episode four. And in this episode, I say carve out time for joy. It might be as easy as dancing a little bit every day in your kitchen. And what I talk about in this episode is creating the space for joy in our lives. I ask you, do you feel like you can't truly rest until all the work is done? Do you feel like you can't play until all the work is done? Do you have work spinning around in your mind when you are in a place where you are not at work and you want to be fully present and you want to be engaged? What kind of activities help you sink into the present moment and really feel your joy? When I asked myself that question, I said, dancing, (laughs) dancing is the answer. I feel my joy when I'm dancing and I feel present and it's really easy for me to just enjoy being in my body, feeling the music, dancing to the music. And so if I love to dance, I feel present when I'm dancing. It's really easy for me to be present and joyful when I'm dancing. Then why am I not dancing more often? And this is the question that I was asking myself when I wrote that article and when I shared episode four with you on the podcast. And it's been some time now since I 
originally wrote that article, Carve Out Time for Joy. And I am happy to be able to tell you that I dance so much more now than I did at the time when I wrote that article. By writing that article, and then again, by creating a podcast episode about that article and about carving out time for joy and recognizing that dancing brings me so much joy, I brought the consciousness to myself to say, okay, then do something about it. If dancing makes you happy and you are happy and joyful when you're dancing, then you need to do it more often. And so I have been. I've been dancing a whole lot. Our family dance parties (laughs) during the COVID-19 shutdown have been one of the brightest spots in, I think, all four of our days, myself, my husband, and my two sons, just getting to know that each one of us gets to choose a dance a song to dance to for the family dance party. And then it's going to be a a four song dance party that we get to rock out together and dance. And it's a beautiful part of my life. I know that this is about the relationship with myself and that's what the focus of this podcast is, but they're certainly connected. And by doing more dancing, I am taking care of myself and I am naturally happier and healthier when I'm taking care of myself. And that pours over into the energy that I share with the other people that I am in relationship with. And so everybody wins when we do more of what makes us happy and what takes care of ourself. Now, I started touching on this, but I want to explain it in greater detail. Another way that I cultivate my relationship with myself is by being in solitude. Merriam-Webster defines solitude as a state or situation in which you are alone, usually because you want to be. For me, solitude is allowing the cultivation of a peaceful connection to myself. Merriam-Webster defines lonely as sad from being apart from other people. So how is solitude different from being lonely? While loneliness is a feeling that you develop when you are longing for greater human connection, solitude is a feeling of peaceful connection to yourself. I strongly believe that we need meaningful connection with others. However, cultivating solitude is a practice that I am much newer to, and I am a full believer in the power of cultivating solitude. Allowing the silence to be with yourself is a brave act. Now, you may resist cultivating solitude. For many years, I had no interest in cultivating solitude. First, I didn't see the value in it. I very much identified as a doer, and the idea of spending time with myself doing nothing seemed like a waste of my most precious resource, time. However, once I started practicing cultivating solitude, I realized that I was also resisting because 
when I got still enough, my intuition would speak to me. I would get direction from my inner knowing with answers to questions I didn't even know I was asking and with clear guidance about what to do next. Getting this soul wisdom is a burden when I didn't feel brave enough to act on it. So why should you cultivate solitude despite feeling resistance that may be coming up for you? The same reason I resisted practicing solitude is the same reason why I choose to practice it now. I get clear answers from myself about my heart calling and about big decisions I need to make in my life. Just listening to the wise messages from myself is itself an act of bravery. When you aren't ready to make big, brave moves in your life, it's easier to not listen to your intuition. Once you start really listening to your intuition, you'll feel called to take brave action. The main ways I've practiced cultivating solitude in my life is by meditating, doing yoga, writing, and going to retreats. I now practice meditation daily, and most mornings I do at least 10 minutes a day. I occasionally do shorter, but 10 minutes is pretty common for me in my current morning routine. I've come to use meditation to calm myself and to center myself. I do find the practice of breathing and observing my thoughts as they enter into my mind and then breathing and observing as they leave my mind to be a really freeing practice that I engage in. I know that during my life outside of meditation, when situations arise that may be complicated or could sometimes elicit a stress response from me that because I am practiced at meditation, I in those situations can also observe myself and it really does help me stay centered and calm through turbulence which then enables me to respond in an optimal way rather than in a way that's not my best self. And so I'm very grateful to meditation for what it has given me. And I look forward to the journey that I am still on as I really do still consider myself a beginner at meditation. And I know there's so much more for me to learn. Another way that I practice cultivating solitude in my life is by doing yoga. And when I was in law school, going to yoga class was my one regular weekly treat. In some yoga classes, I jumped right into having a present mind and released myself from the pressures outside of the yoga class for a full hour. 
in other classes, it seemed like I was struggling most of the class trying to get out of my busy mind and into my body. I know that I did get better at cultivating a peaceful solitude as I practiced more. It's been several years now since I had a regular yoga practice, but it's something that helped me greatly when I was in law school in that season of my life. And maybe someday when my kids are older, I think I might join a yoga studio again. There was something really special about being in my own solitude, but being surrounded by others who were also creating their own peaceful solitude as well. It was a really sweet energy. Another way that I cultivate solitude and the relationship with myself is through writing. My writing has a certain ebb and flow to it. I definitely have had times in my life where I set aside time on Sundays and carved out some hours for writing. I have had other times in my life where I gave myself time for writing as part of my morning routine. And then I have other times where I've felt like I didn't want to write and I wanted a break from writing. And so it's fluid. Some of the time that I used to set aside for writing has most recently transitioned into time that I'm setting aside for this podcast. So it's an interesting transition. I'm more accustomed to writing my processing, but now I'm giving myself the opportunity to explore this new medium of podcasting as a way for me to express myself too. I have very much enjoyed attending retreats as a way of cultivating solitude and as a way of developing the relationship with myself. I remember that in 2018, I attended a retreat called Rootwell. Much of the retreat was silent. I actually didn't know that going into it. I'm not sure that I would have attended had I known but I'm so glad that I did. I spent time moving my body in the presence of others. I spent time sitting on beautiful land and sitting on a rock like a lizard, just soaking in the sunshine. I obtained clarity about choices I needed to make in my life about business and home life balance. I also had poetry just bubbling up inside of me. That was my first experience writing poetry. After another retreat I attended in late 2019, I challenged myself to be in solitude on my three-hour drive home from the retreat. I didn't turn on any podcasts. I didn't turn on any audiobooks. I didn't listen to music. And I didn't have any other input or entertainment from others. I was just with myself for three hours on this drive. I had been on the fence before about a hiring decision. I was having trouble figuring out what role I was hiring for in my law firm. On that drive home, I obtained clarity about what scope of skills I wanted my next hire to have. 
the clarity allowed me to then move forward with the decision. And that was something that had been pending for a long time. So for me, cultivating solitude is an act of discipline. I feel like I'm still very much a beginner at this practice, but in the times that I've practiced it, I've had really profound gains in my feeling of wellness and in obtaining clarity of purpose for the next steps that I need to take in my business and in my personal life. My call to action for you is this. Number one, have you created a morning routine? If you can use some support with that, please listen or re-listen to episode two, my breakdown that led to my breakthrough, where I walk you through how to create that morning routine. Number two, are you carving out time for joy for yourself? If you can use some support with that, please listen or re-listen to episode four, carve out time for joy. Number three, are you setting aside time to cultivate solitude and give yourself space to hear your own intuition speaking to you? When in your day can you carve out time to practice cultivating solitude? Remember, investing in this relationship with yourself will not only help you feel happier and healthier, but you'll be showing up as the most loving and kind version of you for all the other relationships that matter most to you too. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you shared it with someone you think could benefit from hearing it. I would also be incredibly grateful if you could leave an honest rating and review of this podcast on Apple iTunes as that helps more people find the show and it helps me in sharing this message of practicing self-love and self-care with more people whose lives I know could be enriched by hearing it. Until next time, and with gratitude, Kara Stein Conaway.